Well, we're going to pray and then we're going to get started today, all right? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, and we praise you today, Lord God. We thank you that this is a day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and be glad in that day in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the Spirit of the living God is among us and we receive him today in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for anointing our ears that we might hear with some intelligence, that we might go out and do the things which we have uh, been taught, Lord God, so that we can be blessed in all of our deeds. And so, Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Holy Spirit of the living God, we thank you that you are that you are present among us. For the Bible says that where two or three are gathered, there are you in the midst of us. And so we welcome you as being our company today as we get into the word of the living God. Thank you for the information that was shared prior earlier, Lord God. Thank you that you're teaching us how to prosper. Thank you that you're teaching us, Lord God, how to live in the financial kingdom of God. And Lord God, we thank you for men uh, like Pastor Lindsay that are that are teach with simplicity so that we might have an understanding of the reading of the word of God. And so, Lord God, we give you praise and we give you glory and honor, Lord God. And we, the redeemer of the Lord, says amen and amen and amen. Amen. All right. Let's let's begin over there in First Corinthians chapter 12. That's where uh, I'll be coming from. First Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, you know my pattern by there. So you know that when I say it is very important, uh, you know that sounds like a test question. So you have that. Are you in First Corinthians chapter 12? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we want to look down here at verse number 28. And the Bible says that in God have set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings. And then the very next thing he said is helps. Amen. And that's what our teaching is. Uh, we're teaching on the ministry of helps. Now notice in verse 38, it says that in God had set some in the church. Amen. God had set some in the church. Nowhere in the Bible. Do you see where it says, and God has taken these out of the church? Amen. That God set them in the church. And so they ought to be in every local church if it's a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And you and I have no right trying to, you know, take out what God has placed inside of the church. It says that in God has set in the church. I'm glad God set them in the church and not men. Amen. Because there are some places that, you know, uh, they don't believe in apostles. They don't believe in prophets and things like that. And so therefore, if they don't believe in those things that God has set in the church, it behooves you to try to get away from there as fast as you can. Amen. Amen. Because we want to be in agreement with the son of the living God. And the Bible says that and God have set some in the church. Amen. So in every local church, I believe that there ought to be apostles. I believe that there are to be prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I believe among my own congregation, I believe that God is going to raise up prophets and he's going to raise up apostles because I think it ain't just for a few churches that they have it. I think that every local church ought to have it. And when you read the book of Acts over there in the book of Acts, it said that all these things was in the church. Amen. And so I believe that uh, every church ought to have them. Amen. And then they ought to come up under the, the direction of the pastor of that particular local body. Can you all agree with that? Amen. All right. Then it says that in God has said something. Then it says helps. Now, remember, we said that the definition of the word helps means one who gives what? Aid and assistance to another. Amen. You are to give aid. You are to give assistance to another. And we've already uh, we've already uh, uh, discussed who we are to give that aid and assistance to. And that is to the man of God, to the woman of God, whom God has sent over the house. Isn't that right? All right. So we know what uh, the definition of that word helps means. It means to give aid and support to another. Well, today I want to talk to you about the characteristics of the ministries of help. And these characteristics are going to be 
very important. Amen. And so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about these characteristics uh, of the uh, ministries of helps. Now, <clears throat> before I go any further, uh, next week we have tests, right? Yeah. That is test. They test next week. Yeah, week after next. OK, so I just keep on coming. No, so I don't come next week. OK, I don't I don't come next. So next time when I see y'all will be what? February the what? Can I have that date before I leave? So I won't, I don't want to show up and then don't thank y'all. Yeah, y'all not here and then I'll be saying, hmm, they don't want me no more. <laughs> okay, February, February the fourth. Oh, okay. The the. Okay, February fourth. Here is test. Okay, so I see you win. That's test too. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure that I, I don't show up because I can always sleep in, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like sleeping in. Me and Miss Cheryl will take a little time. We'll sleep in. That's my wife. You know, we'll take a little time. You know? <laughs> we'll take a, little, take a little time and just, you know. So I just want to make sure of that before I leave. All right. And so uh, today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the char the characteristics uh, of the helps ministry, and they are very important. Okay, so let's begin to get right into that because I want to just you know just lay some stuff out, and then I'm going to let you go. Okay, all right. The first characteristics of the helps ministry is this, and that is to have a good name or reputation. Okay, to have a good name or a reputation. Okay, so now we're talking about the characteristics of the ministries of hips. And the first one is to do what? Okay, to have a good name or reputation. And these are very important. Now turn me in your Bibles to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Okay, when you get there, say I'm there. Okay, now notice what Proverbs 22 verse 1 says that a good name. You see that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and love and favor rather than silver and gold. So here it says that a good name is better than silver and gold. And so I submit to you that the first characteristics of the health ministry is to have a good name or a reputation. Amen. If you're going to do any work uh, for the church, the first thing that you need to have is to make sure that you have a good name or a good reputation. Amen. You, you can't help this church or any church. You can't help the ministry if you don't have if you have a, a bad name or a bad reputation. You can't help the church. You know, and so you got to make sure that you have a good name or a good uh, uh, reputation. Now, how many of y'all remember David? Y'all remember David in the Bible? Well, David, uh, uh, he uh, he could not build God's house because he had a bad name. He had a bad reputation. You know, and so God had to kind of pass over David and allow David's son Solomon to build his temple. You know, because everybody knew that David had blood on his hands. Everybody knew, everybody knew about David. So David had a bad, he had a bad uh, reputation. So say this with me, uh, say, say in order to, uh, to operate in the helps ministry, the first characteristics that I need is to have a good name or a good reputation. Yeah, you got to have a good name. You got to have a good uh, reputation. God, David was a man after God's own heart. David was a praiser. 
Is that not right? He was a man after God's own heart. He was a praiser and all that. But God had to pass over David. Told David, you couldn't be, you can't build my temple. It's because you got blood on my hand and everybody knew it because he had a bad name and he had a bad reputation, you know. And as we go on, I'm gonna show you some things that that David had David had a bad, he had a bad reputation. David had a weakness for me, for, for women, you know. And so we'll see it in the, in the Bible. And so that's why God wouldn't allow him to build his to build his temple. And so he passed over David and went to David's son, Solomon, uh, to build his uh, temple. Amen. Now, very important. If you work in the helps ministry, you got to make sure that your name stay clean. If you're going to work in the helps ministry, you got to make sure that your name stay clean. Amen. You got to make sure that your name stay uh, clean as pastors. We can't in, we can't endorse you if you have a, a bad name or a bad reputation. You know, we, we don't want to endorse people like that. You know, that's why that's why uh, before anybody uh, operates in the helps ministry, uh, we have to make sure that we observe them for a little of time before we put them up. Why? Because we are not supposed to endorse anybody that's got a bad name, that's got a, a bad uh, reputation. You know, that doesn't look good for the church. Well, how many of y'all understand what I'm talking about? See, that wouldn't look good for God if he would allow David uh, to build his temple. You know, because David had all these things that was uh, that was going on, you know. But see, yet and still, God called him a man after my own heart. But but David did some stuff that I mean, you know, that just uh, I mean, you know, it's the pigs. You know, when you really when you really look at it, that David did some stuff that just was the pig. But yet God says that. Uh, he was a God. He was a man after his own heart. And so if you're going to work in the helps ministry, you got to make sure that it is your responsibility <laughs> that you keep your name. What? Clean. That you keep your name clean. If you work in the ministry as a help, it is your responsibility to keep your name clean because the pastors are not supposed to endorse you if you if your name is not clean and if you don't have a good reputation. That's why sometimes, you know, uh, you can tell uh, uh uh, when you fit uh, as a pastor or uh, when we get ready after we observe people and stuff, you know, and then we listen to see, you know, uh, we'll just ask a couple other members in the church. And, you know, what about uh, sister so-and-so or brother uh, so-and-so? And just to see what kind of feedback we get, you know, if they know him, you know, they'll say, oh, pastor, that's a good brother. Oh, pastor, uh, you know, that's a good uh, sister, you know. But then again, you know, if they say, well, you know, I mean, we just kind of watch and see what they say. Because, see, if they got a bad reputation among the congregation, we don't want to endorse them. We don't want them helping us because they can mess up the minds of the uh, of those that that are already on called division. Those that are already want to work toward what the pastor and they want to work with. And so you have to be kind of careful. So make sure you keep your name clean. Amen. Make sure you keep your name clean. You know, and you can always tell those that's got a bad reputation because they'll come to you and say, you know, I loaned them some money and they didn't pay me back. You know, and I always tell people, you know, you don't loan people money within our congregation. Because you lose members like that. Because they think that it is the pastor's responsibility to get that money back. You know, they come and tell the pastor, you know, and they want the pastor to say something to this guy about paying them their money. And I'm not going to go to nobody and tell them to pay you your money. You know, that's your responsibility. If you loan them money, that's between you. It's not a church thing. I'm not going to get, in, uh, you know, involved in that. You know, the church is not going to get involved in that. You didn't come and ask me when you loaned them the money. So why should you come and ask me about paying it back? That's right. 
You, you understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes, you know, you can find yourself, uh, you, you know, in awkward situations is because you didn't allow things to happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Amen. So you got to keep a good name uh, amongst yourself, you know, a good name, a good reputation uh, among yourself. Amen. So that's the first characteristics of the of the ministries of help. Number two, the second uh, characteristics of the ministries of help is this. You must be at your post. Amen. You must be at your post. Okay. Say that with me. Say, I must be at my post. That's right. If you're going to be a good helper in the helps ministry, then you must learn to be at your post. You can't hold a position of leadership and be at home watching TV. You got to be at your post. Isn't that right? You got you got to be you got to be at your uh, at your uh, post. We as pastors, you know, we want you, you know, if you're going, uh, one of the characteristics is, is that you be at your post. Nothing makes a pastor feel good, you know, it's when he knows that you are at your post. Amen. Amen. Nothing makes a pastor feel good when, they, when he sees that you are, uh, you are uh, at your uh, post. Amen. As leaders as, and helpers uh, in the health ministry, you should respect your pastor enough. Listen to me. As leaders and as helpers in the helps ministry. You should respect your pastor enough to let them know that you're not going to be where you're supposed to be. You know, and I know the mentality. See how quiet you got when I said that? Because I know the mentality of the church. I'm grown. I mean, and that's not even, you know, that's not even the question. I said that you ought to have enough respect for your man of God, for your woman of God, to let them know that you are not going to be on your post. If you're not, for an example, if you're not going to be here Sunday, you ought to at least let your pastor know that you won't be here. You know, don't just, you know, on Sunday, he's looking for you to mic him up. And then he's wondering, where's the person at that mic him up? You know, and they say, oh, he's not here. I mean, a simple thing is just saying, Pastor, I won't be here tomorrow. You know what I mean? At least inform you ought to have enough respect for that. Isn't that right? For one reason why I say that, because when you joined the, the local church, the pastor uh, made a commitment to watch over your soul. Is that not right? Well, how can he watch over you if you are not here? Amen. Isn't that right? And, see, and I know I get tight when I say stuff like this, you know, because I know how people think because I used to sit out there and we used to be sheep. And so we kind of know what it is. We've been through stuff like that. And I'm telling you, it, it puts pressure on your man to God when you're not on your post, when, when you are not on your post. And, you know, and, and, and whatever job that you're doing in the health ministry, it's all important. It's just as important that that person be there to mic him up as that person that's running that camera. It's all important. Everybody needs to be at their post. Why? It's a characteristics of the ministries of helps that you be at your uh, that you be at your post. Amen. Amen. Say, I got to be at my post. That's right. The moment that you are not at your post, that be the time that the word of the Lord will come forth, a powerful word will come forth. Amen. And you are not there to receive it. You are not there to, to partake of it. You know, it seems like, you know, have you ever missed church and somebody said, boy, we had it on today. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> have that ever happened to anybody other than me? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, well, see, the moment that the Lord is speaking to the pastor concerning the congregation or something like that, or drops a word in the pastor heart or for the congregation you are not there to receive it and so therefore when you come back the next time you come to church you can't rejoice with the rest of the people because you don't know what they're rejoicing about 
You know, you trying to find out now, you know, what is it? Why is that everybody, you know, uh, everybody standing up just praising the Lord? You trying to figure out why, why, why what happened? Oh, you, you must have won't hear Sunday. <laughs> did, 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 did you hear what? Did you know what went on Sunday? And, you know, it's because you were not at your post. And I think it's just respectful for you to let people know that you are not going to be where you're supposed to be. How many of you have a problem calling your job, telling them that you're not going to be there today? <laughs> Most of us don't have no problem doing that, right? Then why is it that when it comes to the church, it's such a hard time? It's such a I'm talking about in every church it's like that. You know, but we have no problem that when we miss out of work, we are immediately get on the phone and call our supervisor. Is that not right? But why is it that when we come to the house of God, we feel as though we grown now? How come you don't tell your supervisor I'm grown? <laughs> I mean, you know, how come you don't? I mean, just think about that. Don't that make sense? We never call our supervisor and say, well, I, I decided not to come to work today because I'm grown. You know, I, I put my pants on like he put his on. You know, how come we don't say that? When we, when, when we, don't, when we don't show up, we'll call our supervisor and say, you know, well, I'm not going to be there today, so and so and so. Is that not right? All right, well then, if you can do that for the world system, why is it so hard to do it for God? Amen. Mm? Why, why is it so hard say, that, that you got to do it for God? When I look for people that are out, I look for whoever's in charge to come and tell me that that particular person is not going to be here today. And you know what? That makes me feel so much better because I know where they're at. You know, but 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 when you don't have that respect to tell your man to God that you won't be here and then he's looking for you. He's expecting you to be where you're supposed to be, you know. And so we got to learn how to do that. And one of the characteristics of the ministries of help is to be where? Got to be on your post. Got to be on your post, you know. You know, I teach, I, you know, uh, I have what we call uh, 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 at our church on uh, Tuesday nights, uh, on some Tuesday nights, you know, usually the fifth Tuesdays or something like that. You know, uh, we have uh, what we call face-to-face -face conversation with the family. And that is where, um, you know, I, we don't take the Bible or anything or, or teach a lesson. Me and my wife, we'll sit in front of the congregation and then we just begin to talk and share. We just begin to, you know, we have questions that maybe they had that they wanted answer that uh, that we didn't get an opportunity to answer any of the teachings. And so we answer their questions and then we have questions for them. Just like they have questions for us, you know, people like, you know, you know, can we have question and answers? Sure, you can have question and answer. And we got some questions ourselves for you. You know, we think it's fair. If you want to ask us questions, then we think it's fair for us to ask you some too. Isn't that right? See, you got questions about certain things and we got questions about you. So we want to ask you some too. Just like you want to ask us, we want to ask you some too. You know, you know, to be equal. Is that not right? You know, you want us to answer your question and we want you to answer our questions concerning you. Amen. You know, so that we can all play in the same yard, play on the, you know, play with the same sheet of music. You know, we can't play in the same yard if you always want to do your thing and don't ever want us to do ours. That's unfair. Is that not right? And so we want to play together. And so, you know, we're going to give you an opportunity to ask us. And then you're going to give us an opportunity to ask you. You know, 
And so, and so, and one of the things that we talk about is always talking about being on post and especially leadership and those that are in the helps ministry. We need you regardless of what type of job you do, big or small, it's all important to God and it's all important to us, you know? And so that is a characteristic of the helps ministry is that you must learn to be on your post. Amen. So I got to learn to be on my post. That's right. You got to learn to be on your post. All right. Now, listen to this. Very important. When you are out of place, you can bring destruction upon yourself. Mm -hmm. When you are out of place, you can bring destruction upon yourself. Now, that's that 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 sounds just like a test question. You know, when you're out of place, you can bring blank upon yourself. <laughs> you got it? You know what I mean? So, uh, so, and so you need, so you need to understand that. Now, you say, well, he just made that up. You know, no, 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 that's Bible. When you're out of place, you can bring destruction upon yourself. That's why we always teach our helps team, our, our ministries, our helps team to, to be on your post. Because when you're not on your post, I guarantee you, it can bring destruction upon you. And I'm going to show you an example uh, in the word of God that when you're out of place, you can bring what? Destruction, Destruction upon yourself. Now, I'm going to talk about David because most of the time I like talking about David because most of the time when people talk about David, they always talk about David, the good side of David. You know what I mean? And that's fine. I agree with that. But also, I want you to know that David had a raggedy side about him. But yet God says that he was a man after his own heart. You see? And so and so I always like to take the negative side and show them, even though David had this side, God still loved David. And God still said that David was a man after my own heart and he was a praiser. Is that not right? The Bible says that he praised God so much. One time, you know, his wife was shamed of him, you know. You know, he danced right on out his clothes and his wife was shamed of him, you know. You know, you a leader out there dancing like that. You know, and she was shamed. It, it's in your Bible. You know that, right? And she was shamed of him. Is that not right? He, you know, and so he was a praiser. He praised God with all his heart. But that boy was in some areas of his life. That boy was messed up. <laughs> he was. Have you ever seen folk like that in church? You know, they praise God with all they got. You know, but you know for yourself that head is messed up as it can be. You know, we got them in every church, you know. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I mean? You know, I used to be that way, you know. Praise God, but my head was messed up. You know, until somebody sat me down and told me, boy, you just got a lot of stuff wrong with you. And I told him, I know it. That's why I need a tough God, because I'm, I'm all messed up. <laughs> you know, I was, I, I, was just all, I was just all messed up. I ain't believe nothing but me. That's all I believe was just me. You know, I didn't, I didn't believe you. You tell me all that stuff about a God. I ain't believe all that stuff. You know what I used to say? The same thing some of y'all used to say. All that boy want is my money. <laughs> and I made up in my mind he ain't going to get none of it. <laughs> you know, I used to be all messed up in my head, man. All messed up in my head until somebody told me the truth. And I went to a whole lot of churches and they lied to me. And I, that's why I couldn't figure out, I said, that's why I stayed so messed up so long. Nobody never told me the truth. I'm thinking I'm cool and I'm pitiful. 
Yeah, y'all understand what I mean? You know, and they just let me just do anything, you know, just to keep me in a church to count a member. And I'm all messed up in my head, man. I ain't got no victory nowhere. You know, everybody else singing victory and deep down in the inside, I know I ain't had no victory since the day I stepped foot in the church. I don't know what victory is. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, I go in, they preach up a storm, and as soon as they finish preaching, I go in there, light me up a cool, and drink me a Budweiser. <laughs> and get in church and hear the music, dance harder than anybody. <laughs> Belts at the same time, that Budweiser, burp, and keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> Cause nobody told me the truth, man. I'm telling you, no, nobody told me the truth. Until somebody sat me down and told me the truth and told me how bad I was and how pitiful I was without Christ in my life, you know? You know, and then I begin to realize, you know, and I begin to see, oh, they hurt my feelings now, you know? But that person didn't care about my feelings, you know? They, they, they hurt my feelings, you know, and stuff like that, you know? And they just told me I was a mess, you know. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, I started attending that church, that particular church. And, and, and that's how come I'm where I am today, because somebody told me. And so that's why I like those face to face, heart to heart family talk to where I'm going to tell you the truth. See, I ain't going to let you just sit up there and find everything wrong with the church. And, you, you know, that's all you can find something wrong. But you don't want me to say nothing about what's wrong with you. Because I'm like this, if something wrong with the church, it's something wrong with you because you're the one that make up the church. So I'm figuring it's something wrong with you. So I figure if I can get you straight now, then the church will be straight now. Amen. Huh? Amen. You know, and then they get quiet then, you know, when I start talking stuff like that. I say any area of the church that's wrong, that's messed up, the people in it messed up because they are the church. You understand what I'm saying? And so, and so, now, now, I told you that if you are out of place, you can bring, you can do what? Right? You can bring destruction to yourself. And I'm going to show you with this old boy named David. He was out of place. Now, let's look at it in the Word of God so you won't think I'm making it up. Now, you're going to have to uh, uh, go to 2 Samuel chapter 11. Now, some of us will go to 2 Samuel. Some of us will go to the table of contents. The fine second Samuel. But no matter what, long as we arrive at second Samuel, regardless of the route you take, just get there. Isn't that right? Go on to that table of content. Don't try to hide that thing. I see you looking in that table of content, trying to find second Samuel. That's all right. You're there, right? Amen. All right. Second Samuel. Now remember. Test question, when you are out of place, you can bring destruction upon yourself. Now let me look at it. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 11. Are you there? Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Look at verse number 1. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle. That David sent Joab and his servant with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged, however you want to pronounce that, Rabbi. But David did what? He tarried still at Jerusalem. Now, I want you to underline uh, the A part of verse number one, where it says, at the time when kings go forth to battle. I want you to underline that. 
And then I want you to underline the latter part of verse number one. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Did y'all see that? Now notice now, they said now that this was at the time that kings go forth to where? To battle. Amen. Now, kings were supposed to go forth to battle. But guess what David did? David was the king. Is that not right? Instead of David going to battle, the Bible says that he tarried, he stayed back there in Jerusalem and he sent Joab. Isn't that right? So right here we see already that David is not at his what? He's not at his post. Isn't that right? Because the Bible plainly tells you, and all of y'all can read because I know you can. It says here that it was at the time that kings should go forth to where? David should have had himself where about? At the battle, on the battlefield. So we see right now, number one, David is what? He's not at his post. Remember what we said. When you are not at your post, you bring upon your all right. We see David is out of place. Right now. Let's watch David bring destruction upon himself. Look at verse number two. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and he walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself. Mm -hmm. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Uh huh. See, he didn't just take a glance. The boy was watching. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Is that not right? And then verse 3 said, And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this uh, Bathsheba? Some people say Bathsheba. Is not this Bathsheba? Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the, the Hittite. And David sent a messenger and took her. And she came in unto him. And he laid with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house. Did y'all see that? All right. Number one, we found out that David was out of place. Amen. Now, the destruction that David brought about himself. Uh, listen at this. The destruction was this. David knew that he, he had a weakness for women, for women. David knew his flesh was weak. And David looked upon that woman. And you know what he did? He said, bring Bathsheba to me. And he knew Bathsheba was married. And the Bible says that David had sexual intercourse with her. Is that not right? She birthed a child for David. And on top of that, what did David do? David had a husband killed. Is that not right? See, and if David would have been at his post, this nasty episode would have never been written in the Bible about David. The praise of the man after God's own heart. Is that not right? Every time you see him, he dancing his clothes off. Not only did he dance his clothes off, he liked taking his clothes off too. <laughs> with other people, women. <laughs> Is that not right? But, but what I'm trying to get you to see, what I'm trying to get you to see, that if David would have been at his place, he, at his post, he wouldn't have never saw Bathsheba bathing. Because he'd have been on the battlefield. Is that not right? He would have never had to have Bathsheba's wife, husband killed. Right. Is that not right? See, he brought destruction upon himself is because he was not at his post. And I'm here to tell you, when you are not at your post in the health ministry, the devil is somewhere talking to your head, trying to get you to do something wrong. And he's already won one battle because he got you not where you're supposed to be. Amen. 
Now, sometimes, you know, you, you know, things come up. You can't be there. We ain't talking about work and stuff like that. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about you just too outright. Well, I won't say that, but, you know, we just didn't show up where we supposed to be. How many, how many of y'all understand that? And when you are not at your post like that, you know, you can bring destruction to yourself. You know, the enemy is going to see to it that he try to seduce you or try to take you back into something that he know that you were weak in. Now, see, he set that thing up. He knew David was weak in his flesh. You know, now, why come when David, when he looked out there and saw the woman out there? Now, it won't like because that's what the custom in those days that they bathed out there on the roofs like that. If you read the, the history of it. So if David looked out there and saw, why didn't David just walk on away the first time? Because he knew one or two things. She, she either going to go out there and bathe because that was the custom. Is that not right? But they said that boy kept right on looking. He kept right on looking and said, mm-hmm, I'm going to find out who she is, too. And he sitting over there and asked who she was and tell him, come here, I want to see you. David, the king, want to see you. Well, she ain't going to refuse no king because, you know, David could have a head, you know. And then he went in there and did all that. And then the boy lied. Tried to trick uh, 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 Uriah. Oh, Uriah, won't you go home? Uriah said, no, my men ain't going. I'm staying right here. Did, did he not? You know, try to get it, try to get Uriah to go home and then have something to do with his wife. So he'll think that the baby is his. But Uriah said, oh, no. See, he was faithful to his man to God. He said, oh, no, if my men don't go home, I ain't going either. So I'm going to stay right here. So that didn't work. Is that not right? Then he sent a messenger to put Uriah, where about? On the front line. Listen to that David setting up to kill this man. Bringing destruction all by itself. See, that's why God, God says that I can't have David building me no temple. He got blood on his hand and the boy messed up. So I got to pass over David and let uh, Solomon build my temple. How many of y'all understand that? Do y'all see what I'm talking about? So that's why I'm telling you the second characteristics of the ministries of help is that what? You must learn to stay at your post. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to learn to stay at your post. That's right. That's right. We got, we got, we got to learn how to, we got to learn how to, to stay at our post, man. And I find a whole lot of people in helps ministry, they don't know how to stay at their post. You know? And when they're out of place, they won't even, they, they won't even tell nobody. You know? And, uh, and I think that's just so, uh, I think that's so pitiful. And, and, you know, and you say you feel with the, with the Holy Ghost and, you know, Holy Ghost people don't act like that. You, you understand what I'm saying? You know, if you feel with the Holy Ghost, you, you don't act like that. Holy Ghost people don't act like that. P- people need to be where they're supposed to be. You say you're in the helps ministry. You say you're a leader. Then you need to be an example among those that are not leaders. Amen. And you need to be in your place, you know. You need to do all you can to hold up your man to God hands, you know, and things like that, you know. And, uh, you know, and if we can just get those little things straightened out, I mean, the church could be powerful, man. You know, but it's hard to get those little things straightened out like that, you know. We quick to point to, to somebody else, you know. I, you know, I let them, t- I say, listen, you tear me down. Just go anything that your little hearts desire, long, long, if it's true. You know, you just go right ahead on, man. I let them shoot their best shot. You know, because when you get through now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do mine too. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you some stuff too, you know. Like I'm going to ask you how come you don't tithe. 
You, you claim you love me and you love the church and you love God and, and your Holy Ghost feel. Now I want to know how come you don't tithe? Well, now, now the money ain't got, yeah, money got everything to do with it. You know, I, I want to know. Well, Pastor, how you know I don't? Because I done check, boy. And you don't tithe. And you can't help me like that. You, you see what I'm saying? And so, and so that's why we got to stay. You know, we got we to gotta learn how to, man, to stay at our post and make sure that we Holy Ghost feel. You, you, know, you, you, you know what I mean? You know, we got to get just the basics down right. You know, tithing, offering, giving, and all that stuff like that, respecting your man of God, you know. You know, when I first started church, my wife come telling me, she told me one time, she said, I don't think we have to teach the people that way. I said, yeah, we do. We got to teach them everything, babe. I said, you can't say that, that, that they know this. I said, look how long I went. I said, look how long. Nobody never told me, you know. And, you know, and, and I thought, you know, we, if a couple of us in there, we ran the church. <laughs> oh, yeah, we ran the church, you know. And, 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 you know, we gave that man hell. And when I, when, when I really got myself together, I went back and repented. And asked that pastor to, uh, you know, I apologized to him. And I told him, I said, let me stand up in front of your congregation. I said, because I'm ashamed of myself. And I want them to know that that messed that what I was doing because I was no longer a member there, you know. Because, see, I went someplace and then they told me how messed up I was. And when I found out how messed up I was and how wrong I was at that other church, I, I said, I need to go back there and get that thing straightened out. You know, and you, you know, I was I was young, you know, and, and they were talking about, you know, repenting and forgiveness, you know. I said, my God, I got to I got to go over and ask that man to forgive me. I messed that man church up thinking we something. You know, and, you know, and I asked the pastor, what do you think I need to do? He said, pray about it. I said, I ain't got, well, you know, if you tell me to pray about it, I said, well, why is something in the inside of me telling me to go over there and tell that pastor I'm sorry? He said, well, go over there and tell him then. You know, I said, well, I ain't going to slip in the back door because I didn't do my stuff in the back door. Mm -hmm. I did it in front of everybody. You know, so I, to I told him, uh, you know, I says that, you know, I want to apologize to you. I apologized to him in his office, you know, and I asked that man. I said, please forgive me. Tell me you forgive me. You know, he, he said it, you know, that he forgave me, you know, and stuff like that. I said, now I want to stand up because there were people that was, when I used to go to that church, were still there and in a leadership position. And I just stood up and I just told him, you know, y'all know me. And I come over here to tell y'all that stuff that what I did was totally against the will of God. God didn't like it. And I'm over here to ask y'all to, 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 to forgive me. I apologize. And I said, and I'm now going to apologize to your pastor. Because that stuff was wrong what we did. You know, and man, when I did that, I mean, the spirit of God came in that place. I mean, the Spirit of God came in that place. See, the Spirit of God never came in that place when I was there. Because you know why? Because I was part of the ones that were keeping the Spirit of God out of there. <laughs> Do y'all understand what, what, what I'm saying? That's why I'm telling you it's important that you as house ministry, man, that you say you do, that you stay on your post, do what you say, keep a good name and a, and a good reputation, you know, amongst you, man, so that the people won't talk about your church, won't talk about your man to God. And you can stand up tall and know that I make a difference in my church. That's what I had to tell our people. You make a difference in the church. Don't just think you're just a member. You make a difference in the church. And when you're not here, your difference is known. Isn't that right, Pastor? It's known. You're somebody, man. 
You know, and you have to teach the people that type of stuff, you know. I apologize to them. And you know what? They invite me to that church to speak. Hallelujah. You know, anytime I want to. They say, you can come to this church, Pastor, stay long as you want to stay. Because I told them I was wrong. And now that church is growing. It's a word church. You know, and I'm glad that when I run into some of them people, I ain't holding my head down because I'm a pastor now, you see. You know what I mean? And they see me all on TV. You know what I mean? I ain't got to hold my head down because I know I'm lying. <laughs> you know, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you know how you do when you know you ain't living nothing? You know, I can hold my head up because you say, hey, you used to. Yeah, I used to go there, but you know the other part of it. Do you know the other part? I went back there and asked for forgiveness so I can hold my head up. Glory to God. It isn't that right. You know, some places you did so bad, you shame to go back to. You know, some of them places you just shame to go back to because you just, mm -hmm. ain't that right? Some places you don't even want the folk to remember you that way. Is that not right? Is that not right? Some things you've done, you say, I just don't want them to remember because I'm so ashamed. You know? But see, you know, and so I'm telling you, just like old David. David loved God with all his heart. But that boy had some weakness in his flesh for a woman. See, women get it, got, got him in trouble. Brought destruction upon him. He was out of place. And that's why we're telling you that in the helps ministry, one of the characteristics is that you got to learn how to stay on your post. You know, anytime that you're off your post and it's not legit. And you know what I mean when I say legit. You know what's legit and what ain't legit. That means that the devil has some influence on it. And he can still maneuver you anytime he want to, when he want to. You know? Like I always tell our people, you know, you be on your post, especially when you have guest speakers. You know what I mean, Pastor? You got to tell them, you know, be on your post, you know. Don't bring your nice self in here late. You know? And all, all the other people that's coming from, from the other church and, and they beat you in the church and here you come late, you know, and you, you still doing your thing, you know. And I told him, you know, that's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. That's not being on your post. You don't know what being on your post is, you know. I said, then when you do stuff like that, you embarrass us as pastors because we know we done taught you better. Mm -hmm. You know, so we had that little talk every before y'all come over. You know, we have a little talk. You know, we have a little talk. You know, I always have a little talk with our congregation before they come over. And I go over stuff like be at your post. Be where you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to be. And learn how to solve the problems that arrive that night. You know, don't care nothing if you got to take the blunt. Take it. It's all right. You know, you know what I mean? If you're right and they think you're wrong, take being wrong. Just satisfy them. See what I'm saying? Just satisfy them. And we'll look all the better to them for it. See? And so, you know, I, I have little talks and stuff like that, you know. When we come over here, you know what I tell them? Don't put no dollar in. Because it ain't your church. Because I know how folk do. Well, you ain't going over there. You know, I drop a dollar in the bucket. And then, see, you forgot everything that Pastor Lindsay just taught you. See, see, see what I'm saying? You know, you got to always have something coming in. It depends on what you want coming in. You want that little bit coming in, then you plant your little dollar. And that's what you have. 
You see, so I teach our people that when you go somewhere, don't don't do that. Don't put no dolly in. You don't do it at home. Why would you do it at somebody else's church? I mean, if you go to somebody else's church and you they guess, my God, you do the best you can. Why would you go over there and try to act like you poor? <laughs> Embarrassing me. And I ask them sometimes. I say, you know, the last time we was here, I, I said, how come y'all, I, I said, I didn't see too many of y'all get them envelopes. I said, so you must have put nothing in. Because if you can put more than a dollar in, you can get an envelope. <laughs> you, you can get an envelope, you know. You know, I just, I just tell them that's, that's just the way church and stuff is, man, you know. I mean, I want you to be blessed on every hand. We ain't, this ain't no games. You do it this week and, and you do something else different the next week. You know, be on your post when it comes to financial matters, man. Be, be, be on your post, you know. I'm just trying to teach you to, to get all that God has for you. See, that's why, we, you, know, you know, and people say, uh, this is what they say about our church. Don't go to that church. Why, why, why? That man down there, that man down there brainwashing them. And I tell them I'm guilty. I'm just as guilty as I can be. I'm washing their brain out with the word of the living God. Amen. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of brainwashing. You know what? Because we got our own little thing of what we think church is and what we think that we ought to do. You know what I mean? And that stuff got to get out of. See, and that's why I was so mean in, the, in, that, in that previous church because I thought I knew something and didn't know nothing. And I was around there giving that pastor hell, you know. And then there was some areas to where, you know, he was missing it. But that won't my, it wasn't my place to tell him that. It was my place to submit to him. Not tell him, God, I handle him. You know, I need to learn how to handle myself. And I couldn't do that. You know. And so, you know, you stay at your post. This stuff I'm teaching you, you know, it, it'll make you shout. When, 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 when you find yourself, listen to me, when you find yourself in the blessings of God flowing in your life, it'll make you shout. You'll be glad that you did stuff like that, man. You know. And so, and, so, and it already lets us know that your heart is right. That's why you're here. You know, all right. Number three, the third, the third characteristic of the ministries of helps is that you must be faithful. Oh, my Lord. Everybody say you must be faithful. That's right. You got to be faithful. Now, go to Second Timothy two. Let me show it to you. I'll show you how old David was all messed up. Didn't he? But yet he was still out there. Oh, man, after God's own heart. David did some. He was a murderer. He was a, a, a adulterous. Yeah, I mean, uh, David was just. Yeah, he was just messed up, bless his little darling heart. But uh, God says that he was my man after my own heart. That's what I want God to say about you. She's a woman after my own heart. He's a man after my own heart. Amen. All right, number three, we said that the third characteristic of the ministry of the help is what? You must be what? All right, now look at, uh, you're in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, look, look at verse number one and verse number two. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. Now notice what, no, no, notice what he says to, to Timothy. He says here, he says uh, in verse number two, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to what kind of men? Commit to what kind of men? Commit to faithful men. Amen. Commit to faithful men. Notice Paul did not tell Timothy to commit to talented men. 
men that had talent. He said committed to, to faithful men. You see, faithful men. And so one of the characteristics of the ministries of helps is that, you know, you got to be faithful. He said, he, he, he says, he says, Timothy, th these things that I taught you, he said, in return, you, you teach these things to, to, to faithful men. Why? Because it's a characteristics of the ministries of help. See, you want people that are helping you. You want them to be what? Faithful. Amen. You want them to be faithful. He didn't say committed to talented people. Let, let, let me tell you something. So sometimes the worst thing in the world, man, is to have talented people in position. Yeah. That's the honest to God truth. If you got talented people and they ain't faithful, you got a mess on your hands. Because you know why? Especially if it ain't a whole lot of them in there. I'll give you a good example. When we first started having praise and worship in our church, uh, we had this person. I mean, this girl could blow. She could sing. You, you know what I mean? And at that time, she was the only one in there that could sing the lead praise and worship that where you just won't say, <sighs> you know what I mean? She could sing. <laughs> she, the sister could sing. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so, it, 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 you know, you know, like, in, it, you know, like when you're starting out, you know, sometimes you don't have a lot of people that can do things like that, you know. So we had this girl. And honestly, this girl could sing, man. She, 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 she could sing, and she used to bring in the in the glory of God in the church, you know. And then, uh, uh, because she knew that she was the only one like that, that girl liked to draw me crazy. <laughs> Tuesday service, she come in anytime she wanted to. I mean, you know, we wait. I, I, yeah, me. I'm waiting on her. You know, wait till she come for we gonna have, have praise and worship, you know. And she come in like she the queen of sheeple, man. <laughs> you, you know, note she late and stuff, you know. And, you know, and I ain't say too much because she's the only singer that I, you know what I mean? And one time, uh, you know, and, and one time we, we was having guests, you know, and I said, and back then I used to tell people, you know, if you got a, a praise team, bring them on. You know what I mean? Let them lead praise and worship, you know. I didn't, I didn't want them to know that we didn't have enough people to lead the, the praise and worship, you know, people that could do it, you know. And so we had, uh, uh, we had guest speakers, uh, you know, and they were supposed to bring their praise team. And, you know, and for somehow or another, they got misconstrued and, and they didn't come. And, and so I, I said, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just use her. She told me, I don't feel like singing tonight. That's what she told me. I mean, told me, I don't feel like singing tonight, pastor. My wife said, you get that dame straight. I said, oh. I said, oh. I said, well, and you know what I did? This the honest to God truth. I got up. And I said, you know what? And this is what we're saying. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. You know, and I figured everybody knew that. So I just tell them, join on in with me. You understand? I sung all them songs that I know we learned when praise and worship first come out. You know, you know what I mean? We sung all that and we went into praise and worship, you know. But oh, while I was singing, this is the day, I was on fire up there. I said, this going to be your last time you talk to me. <laughs> you, you, you understand what I'm saying? I'm singing, this is the day, smiling, you know. But in the inside of me, I said, no, nah, I'm going to get your hind part straight after this meeting right here. I be dog if you going to boss me around like that. Do me. Yeah, that's what's all going through me. You understand what I mean? I couldn't wait till that meeting was over. That's the honest to God truth. I couldn't wait till that meeting was over. You know, and I told that sister, talent, 
But see, notice now, notice now, Paul says to Timothy, he said, commit these things to faithful people, right? After that meeting, you know, I got weird and I told her, let me tell you something. I, I don't never want you to sing for us. Don't you ever sing for us. You got the wrong attitude. I said, and because you think that your talent is the only one. Of I said, but it's going to come a day that where, you know, we ain't even going to recognize that you're here. You want to do your talent like that because she was talented and she knew she had the upper hand because, you know, everybody going to wait on her. You know, back then I was a growing pastor, so yeah, I'm going to wait on her. She's the best we had. And then we put up this little girl that couldn't sing a lick. There you go. Honest to God, this girl couldn't sing a lick. I, I mean, you were even saying, you know. But one thing about it, this gal was faithful with Dale who died. And when she sing, this is the day, day is the day. I mean, you know. But, but, but wait a minute, though. But listen, listen, listen. She couldn't sing a lick. But so help me God. The Spirit of God will come in that place and we'll shout off from that cracking voice. We'd be dancing and singing. Honest to God, every time she got up, it seemed like the Spirit of the Lord was in that place. I don't care. And that girl couldn't sing a lick. But she kept right on singing and kept right on singing. Honest to God, she one of our praise leaders today and the girl can sing. God, I'm not that bad voice. I ain't kidding. God, I'm not that bad voice. You know why? Because she was faithful. She was faithful. See? She was faithful, man. And God began to anoint that voice. And I'm telling you, she one of our praise leaders right now. Ain't never had no trouble with her. And told me, say, and Pastor, anytime somebody, you know, you want to set me down, just set me down because I'm here to help. You know, and sometimes, you know, when we have, you know, when we have somebody come over, you know, and we'll say, ah, oh, sister, don't you sing tonight? No problem, pastor. Honestly, <laughs> 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 say, no, I mean, just been like that ever since. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm telling you sometime, boy, when you got talented people instead of faithful and talented people, they will drive you crazy. Guitars won't show up on time because you know you ain't got but one in there. You know, at times you ain't got but one of everything. You know what I mean? So if the guitar player don't show up, and you know, and if the praise, if the one that can sing, then went over there and then told him, yeah, he done, yeah, gonna tell me about it. he gonna set me down. Well, I don't understand why Pastor doing that. Now he mad, he, but I, I don't feel like playing either. Because you done told my buddy. You know what I mean? You got a mess on your hand when you got talented folk. They ain't got the vision and they ain't faithful. They will drive you crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I just got up one time and I just told them all this right here. Look, let me tell you something. We don't care if you listen to me. You're not going to do the church like this. You're not going to do me like this. Because as far as I'm concerned, we don't need praise and worship or none of that to get started. We can just get right here in the word of the living God until God send us the people whom we think that got the, got the heart for this ministry. And then we'll start. That's why I start over anytime. Don't make no difference to me. Because, see, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be a pastor. I start over tomorrow. Don't make no difference to me. Just start over, man, until you get it right. Because you can't do nothing when you got a bunch of wrong people pulling against you. I tell you what they'll do to the pastor. Send him to the hospital. <laughs> Worrying over folk, man. You know, and I just made up in my mind that's not the way I be. So I asked the Lord, give me boldness. See, I used to want like I am now. I look timid, shy some. You say, okay, 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 brother, you know, because I want you to leave. Oh, okay. Now I tell you, I don't care where you go, brother. It don't work like that here. Either you get in line or you can hit the door. 
Because it ain't going to be but two ways in here. God way and my way. Isn't that right? That's right. So you got to let folk know that, you know, we ain't looking for talented people. We're looking for people that are faithful with your talent. Because if they're just talented and not faithful, they're going to worry you. And then the rest of the people want to come to church trying to have church. And they're looking at, why don't pastor set them down? Because when I set that girl down, some of the people in the congress said, praise God, pastor. <laughs> you know, they were tired of what they said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they were happy that she said, they were asking me, what took me so long? <laughs> you know, I just had to have the boldness to do what I need to do. So everybody say faithful. faithful. All right, all right, all right. Now, now, what does faithful mean? Woo, what does faithful mean? Come on, faithful mean to be dependable, to de to the to defend and support. Real quickly, faithful mean to be dependable, to defend and support. That is a that is a question that a very important, very important. <laughs> what does faithful mean to be dependable? To defend and support. All right, jump on down here real quickly. Did you get that? Want me to say it again? All right, all right. Okay, now, how do you know if a man is faithful or not? Very important. How do you know if a man is faithful or not? Answer, he must be tested. He must be tested. Everybody say, he must be tested. Say it again, say, he must be tested. All right, three areas that he need to be tested in. Ain't important. Three areas that he need to be tested in. He need to be tested in his submission to authority. Number two, his commitment to his job. And number three, his faithfulness to authority. Okay? Now that's all we need. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you the next time we come together. Amen? Amen. Okay. I ain't moving either. You see, I stood here. I ain't moving either. <laughs> Uh... <laughs>